Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet, our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Hello and welcome to the family puddle. Oh my gosh, the family puddle. <laughs> I love it. You know, you know it's been a while. Maybe we keep that in there. Yes. Welcome to the family huddle podcast. <laughs> wow. I need one more drink of coffee before we keep welcome going. To the family cuddle hot pot. Uh, See, <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. We need a blooper reel. Okay, let's back up. Hello and welcome to the family huddle podcast. We are Travis and Stephanie Armstrong. We are from Family Ministries at Grace Church in Eden Prairie and Chaska, Minnesota, and we are so glad to have you with us today. Yeah, it's been a while, and we are really excited to be back. Um, We've had a couple of weeks where there's been some sickness, and yeah, it's almost spring here in Minnesota. (laughs) Almost. Almost. (laughs) It's the full spring. Right. So we get our hopes up, and every now and then we get like a 50 degree, we even got a 66 degree degree day yes. a few weeks ago. And so all of Minnesota yeah. runs for their flip-flops, mm-hmm. and we all got sunburns on that one day. On the one day. <laughs> Only to have our hopes of spring be dashed on the reality that this is Minnesota. Yeah. The snow was <laughs> just around the corner. As one couple said, I don't mind snow at Christmas because it's awesome. I just don't want to have it at Easter. Seriously. And we're dangerously close to Easter, and it's going to be really cold here. But we digress. We are glad that you are joining us Um Last week, we had a a fun podcast. Well, was it fun? I hope it was fun. (laughs) We hope it was helpful. We had a podcast um, where we talked about gender and all that's happening in our world right now and just some reflections on what we do with all of these headlines, right? Like as believers, how do we respond? Right. It's like these seismic changes happening in our culture and how do we keep our footing in light of all of that? No doubt. The changes yeah. we see happening with like, how do we define marriage? What about gender? Yep. And then even today, as we look at another kind of hot topic for our culture. Yep. Yeah, we're going to get into that in just a second. We want to highlight um, one thing that we are currently um, involved in in family ministries, and that is a fairly new arm of mm. family ministries, which is a class called Merge. Mm-hmm. Trav, you want to tell us a little bit about what Merge is all about? Yeah. Merge is a ministry of Watermark Church in Dallas, Texas, and we basically brought it here and started it in the fall, and it is a class for those who are seriously dating or engaged and hoping to be married soon, uh, and so it's really to help them prepare for marriage. Yeah. And so it really covers a lot of great biblical principles like mm-hmm. biblical view of marriage, uh, biblical roles of husband and wife in marriage, communication. finances, communication, conflict. We kind of run the gamut yeah. uh, and really helping them prepare for not just the moment they say I do, but for all yeah. the days that follow um, and hopefully lay a good foundation that will uphold uh, their marriage for a lifetime. Yeah. So it's a um, eight-week curriculum and we have it in, I think, nine weeks mm-hmm. a class, right? And we love it. We do. It's been a, I mean, I think we were excited to bring it because we know that that's an area that maybe our church in particular, but I think maybe across the board, many churches 
don't have a great offering for young couples yeah. to get just super foundational teaching mm-hmm. beyond maybe just you know a few sessions of counseling. And so we were excited to bring it. But I think what's been really fun, this is our second time through the class, and we've done two merge weekend conferences mm-hmm. um, for those who can't make, who can't commit to the class. But it, we are enjoying all these young couples. Yeah. Like they are amazing. Um, it's super encouraging to see a room full of couples who really want to know, like, how do we do marriage Yeah. God's way? Yeah. What does the Bible say? Um, I think another really sweet thing that I didn't even think about, but it's been really fun to see is how much um, those couples are enjoying the community mm-hmm. of one another. Yep. Um, finding other you know, couples like them who are trying to do things the right way, yeah, uh, which we would define as God's way. Totally. But I also love, here's a third thing I'm going to throw in there, and then I'll let you talk. Throw it in there. <laughs> um, this class is not only made up of young couples. Mm-hmm. Each time we've had, just the way God has really orchestrated it, we've ended up having um, a table that I would say is maybe the non-traditional. Mm-hmm table, um, couples who've maybe been married before or are just older and have not been married until now, um, couples with kids, and they are coming yeah, and they are saying, hey, we may have failed before or we may be going, you know, just the non-traditional route or later in life, whatever, but we need this information too. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that our relationship is on solid footing yeah. before we commit. And so I love that. I, think I do too. That's a really maybe a segment of the church that sometimes gets missed. Yeah, yeah. I love that we can provide this class, and it's meeting the felt need. Yeah, I think of a lot of couples who maybe had, you know, um, got duped by the world into doing yeah. relationships in a certain way that just really leads to, to brokenness and heartache. Yeah. Or um, just self. Or just self. <laughs> just the ideas that we come up with in our own heads, yeah. right? And so I think they're like craving yep. for like, how do we do this different in a way that obviously is not according to this world we see that's broken. Yep. And so I think they're coming to the class going, hey, we want the truth Yeah. how this is supposed to work. And hopefully most of them, if not all of them, are discovering in the process that God's way truly is better. Yes, absolutely. So in light of merge and kind of some of the things that we um, encounter and talk about in that class, one of the things that we um, hit right away in the beginning is um, the topic of living together. Mm -hmm. Living together (laughs) before (laughs) marriage. Yeah. And so here's what I think is interesting. Um, Every now and then, uh, our secular culture will come up with a study or, um, you know, what they would call groundbreaking research that they, somebody will publish from Mm -hmm. an unlikely source, right? And it will be shocking. And what's interesting about that is that sometimes it's shocking because it's so countercultural. Mm-hmm. But what's even better is when, as a believer, you read this shocking research and realize, mm, would you look at that? <laughs> this is exactly what the Bible teaches. Right. And this is what God <laughs> has said all along. Uh-huh. And so um, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of what led us to um, thinking, oh, this would make a great podcast. 
And that is a um, journal, Wall Street Journal article that yep. came out this year on February 5th, 2022. So you can okay. look it up for yourself. It is called Too Risky to Wed in Your 20s, Not If You Avoid Cohabitating First. Huh. There you go. Yeah. And it says research shows that marrying young without ever having lived together with a partner makes for some of the lowest divorce rates. Interesting. Right? Well, there you go. Yeah. Backs up the Bible. Turns out the Lord knew what he was talking about. <laughs> um, we're going to really break this topic down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think, though, maybe before we do that, I mean, we should probably just address maybe hmm. the elephant in the room. Yeah. Right? Okay. Which is, this is a hard thing. It's a hard thing. Yeah. And I think maybe for a while, the church hasn't always addressed this topic with with love and truth or grace and truth. Um, I think some couples have been met with a lot of condemnation and judgment and a critical spirit um, and not enough like, hey, we love you enough to tell you the truth. Yep. And I think the truth on this subject really can be liberating and really can be helpful in creating a very stable relationship and a marriage that will last till death do you depart. Studies have shown it. Yep. Scripture for sure backs it up. But yep. we just want to acknowledge that this isn't easy. And no. maybe this is a very sensitive subject for some people who might be listening. And we want to let you know we are not coming at this from a place of like, told you so, right. or gotcha, right. or it, <laughs> at all. <laughs> yep. And also, I think, you know, we should acknowledge that you and I, as parents, our kids are young. Yeah. So we haven't faced this yet right? as a parent. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think I just want to say that because we don't know how it feels. We don't. To have a child who maybe you, maybe you absolutely raised them to know the way God designed marriage, the order mm-hmm. of events um, that, that honors him. And so maybe you did that and your child still is living with a boyfriend or with a girlfriend and... You know, I, I can't speak to that because we haven't been there yet. Yeah. But I think maybe what we can offer is that you as a pastor have encountered this many times. Mm-hmm. You have sat with many couples yeah. in your office over the years to talk about this very thing. Yep. Um, and I, I want to say that what has encouraged me is when you will tell me, you know, I, I can always, you, you sometimes you come home and, and let me know, you know, no details or anything, but right. that you had to have a, a tough conversation with a couple and you're really hoping as they take time to go back home and think about it, that they will receive kind of the truth yeah. and that they'll be receptive to it. That's right. And um, what's been super encouraging for me is when you come back and tell me later, like, hey, the couple that I met with, they called me, they came in to see me, whatever, and they are actually going to take steps to separate mm-hmm. until their wedding. Mm-hmm. So for some couples, it's looked like one of them moving in with like a roommate or back with mom and dad. Um, but they have taken drastic steps yeah. to make it really clear to the Lord and to each other yep. that they take seriously um, this idea of of basing their marriage on godly principles yep. and on honoring God first in their right. relationship. So I want to say that because yeah. sometimes I think, you know, we might as Christians feel like this is this is so controversial and it's 
it's not realistic. Couples aren't going to respond to that, mm-hmm. except get mad and storm out. And yeah. occasionally that happens. But, right. But couples have responded to couples it. Couples have responded in a very positive way. And um, I think the scripture says, those who honor the Lord, the Lord will honor. Yeah. And when we prioritize, I'm sorry, purity in our relationship because we have a heart for God, um, it really is going to pay dividends. And we'll end up making the right decisions, not based on what's best for us, but what's best for the marriage in light of who God is and what he has said in his word. And it's so cool to see couples make that decision. And it is a hard call and it does fly, it fly in the face of culture. Yep. Um, but I think it's so um, it's so cool to see how happy and blessed those marriages are as a result of ma- making some hard calls up front. Yeah. In fact, I'm thinking about a couple, this was probably 10 years ago. Right that you met with and you did their premarital counseling and they were living together and you kind of gently approached the subject with them, mm-hmm. shared what you know the Bible has to say about it and encouraged them to really consider yeah. if the way that they were living was honoring to the Lord. Yep. And if not, what, what could they do about it? Uh-huh. And they took your advice. They took it to heart. They were broken over it. Right. Um, came back, you know, very tearful, like we want to do this the right way. And I got to go to that wedding with you, and I just remember that they brought it up. They did. At the wedding. They totally did. To their family, to their friends, let people know like that they had made this decision. And what was so sweet is they they stood there that day with no regrets. Right. Like very proud of themselves yep. for doing such a hard thing. Yeah. And I remember you telling me at the time, like they had family members who were like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't mm-hmm. get it, you know, like, why are you going to all this trouble? But they did. They mm-hmm. knew they knew this was worth it. Yeah. So that encourages me. It's very encouraging. Yeah. And I, I would say with a lot of couples, if you want to look at it this way, um, a couple gets married and let's say that together they have this bucket called regret. Most of the couples, what's in that regret bucket mostly has to do with Uh, premarital sex and living together. Mm -hmm. That's some of the biggest regrets of most married couples. And so what's great about that is to be able to remove those things from that regret bucket and have no regrets the day of your marriage. Yes. And also the beautiful thing about having a past, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. is that even if there are things in that bucket, (laughs) so to speak, it's never too late to bring that to the Lord. That's right. To confess that, to repent of that. That's right. And for him to empty that bucket. Yeah, yeah. I think some couples can be like, oh, well, you know, we've just been doing this for so long. What's the point of making a change? It's too late. We're too far gone. Like, what's really the, it's not going to matter. Right. And it does matter. It does. And in making a change is, that does, that does make a difference. And that is seen by the Lord. Yep. And so I just want to encourage people, like, it's not too late to make a change. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say, you know what? It really isn't going to make a difference. Yep. It's not going to matter. It does matter. Does it matter. does make a difference. And the Lord knows, and he is he's so pleased when we will yeah. make choices and decisions toward right. what he values yeah. versus what we prefer. Yeah. And I tell couples, listen, you can't do anything about your past, but God has done something about your past. Absolutely. He has forgiven you of all of your sins, right? You no longer have to be defined by some kind of shady past. And therefore, you can be defined by the present reality of what Jesus did at the cross. And so you can take steps today to chart a new course, right? And so it's like, you don't have to worry about your past. Just today, starting today, 
let's make a decision to follow the Lord according to his word and see the difference it makes in your relationship and how by doing so, you in so many ways stabilize yourselves and you set forth a groundwork for your marriage that is firm and secure because it's rooted in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And so I hope that you hear our heart um, in this. Similarly to last week when we talked about gender, um, I love in our merge class when you have just said before, like, listen, we're for you. That's right. We're for your relationship. We want you to have a great Mm -hmm. marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, So let us help you with this. And so I would say the same thing. Like, that's the beauty of being in a church body. Is that you know there there are ways that we can come alongside one another, yeah. and offer a bedroom if somebody needs to move in for six months until they get married or whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's our heart behind sharing this today. Is the truth is is how we love best, right. right? By sharing God's truth, and so we want to get kind of into the weeds here yeah. <laughs> with this topic. We do, and maybe even give some reasons why today. We're seeing more and more Christian couples living together before. Yeah. Marriage. Yeah. Let's talk about that. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Let's jump in with the first one. Um, actually, it was found in our workbook, our merge workbook. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of quoting some of that from there. But the primary reason they would say that a lot of couples are living together before marriage is due to fear. And that fear is a result of a divorce rate that has more than tripled in the last 50 years leaving two generations with a very real fear of broken homes and broken marriages. And as you can imagine, this fear leads couples to making decisions like, hey, let's test drive this relationship and live together before marriage yeah. so that there's not any kind of you know formal commitment and we can back out whenever we want. And I think like at the just looking at that face value, maybe on the surface that sounds like a good idea. However, there's serious repercussions for cohabitation that have been validated by secular studies. And let's let's talk about one of them. Yeah. This this article that we talked about from the Wall Street Journal. I just want to read this little section because I think it it really answers beautifully what you just set up there. This is what it says: the idea that cohabitation is risky is surprising, given that a majority of young adults believe that living together is a good way to pre-test the quality of your partner and your Mm. partnership, Mm -hmm. thereby increasing the quality and stability of your marriage. But a growing body of research indicates that Americans who live together before marriage are less likely to be happily married and more likely to land in divorce court. Okay. In looking at the marital histories of thousands of women across the U.S., we found that women who cohabitated were 15% more likely to get divorced. Moreover, a Stanford study indicates that the risk is especially high for women who lived with someone besides their future husband. Mm. They were more than twice as likely to end up in divorce court. Wow. And here's a quote that a psychologist from... The University of Denver says she observed about this principle. We generally think that having more experience is better, but what we find for relationships is just the opposite. Having more experience is related to having a less happy marriage later on. One reason her research suggests is that previous cohabitations may give husbands and wives experience with breaking up from serious co-residential relationships making them more likely to head for the exit when the going gets tough. Wow. 
And I would add to that um, a little bit more. Says that living together um, will increase domestic violence by five times than that wow. for married couples. Wow. Um, abuse, depression, financial hardship, and infidelity of your significant other greatly increases as well. And so I think just simply put, that living together before marriage destabilizes the relationship and creates a host of problems for the future marriage that will be potentially its undoing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the statistics don't lie here. Mm -mm. It, honestly, the people, there's, there's a 20% chance that your marriage is going to survive if right. you live together. Right. 20%. Yeah, it's not good. That's not high. Not at all. Um, I don't think it's worth the risk. No. At all. Mm -mm. But it's often done out of fear. Right. It's because often out of fear. we do live in a world that is littered with all these broken homes and broken yeah. marriages. And so, you know, you can understand that yeah. somebody is in their thinking and our own futile thinking, well, I better test it out. Yeah. But really the testing out doesn't work. Doesn't work. And I think too, to, to you know, address this from a biblical standpoint, I don't know that this is necessarily a feeling of fear as it is a spirit of fear. Scripture says, point. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Mm -hmm. And so knowing what God has given us is able to allow us not to fall prey to the spirit of fear and do things based on fearfulness, but instead of Christ in his word towards us it allows us to live by faith in his word, not by fear. That's good. What's another reason? I, you know, I think another reason would be for sure uh, cultural conformity. Yeah. Right. I mean, Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Yeah. And I think so much of the, what's happening in this world, we can easily get swept up into the current of our culture and make decisions based on the messaging. Yep from the world instead of from the word. Yeah. I, I think uh, David Platt, he made a case for um, obviously not cohabiting before marriage, not having premarital sex. And I think part of that is Christians, we need to be able to identify readily the lies coming from our culture. One of those that I think ties in very closely is this cultural lie of being true to yourself, live your truth. It's this false thinking that I can only be happy and fulfilled when you're true to you. Well, there's a problem with that. And the problem with that is the Bible. <laughs> the Bible says yeah. in the beginning, God. And so that's very offensive to someone who's living for themselves. Because when we see the scriptures, we immediately have kind of a Copernican revolution of the soul <laughs> and realize, wait a minute, God and this world is not meant to revolve around me. I'm meant to revolve around God. He's the center of the universe, right? So biblically speaking, we must realize our bodies are created for God, for God glorification, not self-gratification. Interesting, because a lot of couples make the decision to live together before marriage, and that's primarily based on a pleasure reason, not a serious commitment that they're wanting to make. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a prioritizing mm -hmm. of that pleasure over the needs yeah. of some, of the other person. Right. And, you know, in order to really rise to the 
the call of what God's design for marriage is, it's a sacrificial yes. covenant. Right. It's a love. It's it's a covenant relationship that gives it stability, but it's also putting the other person's needs before your own. Uh-huh. And in living together so often, that is not what you're after. Right. You really want the gratification of right now. Yeah. Kind of playing mm-hmm. married. Yeah. Without the commitment. That's right. Yeah. Okay. What's another? And so, one? and I think uh, another one for sure is Christians. We really have to start getting down to it's a lordship issue. Yeah. Right? We're, again, for for believers. For believers. Yep. Um, a lot of times we say, "Yes, I believe in Jesus, who saved me from my sins and has literally given me eternal life." Yep. Um, but do I trust Him? with my day-to-day decision-making, which is interesting because we can trust him with our eternity, right? but do we trust him with the here and now? Yeah. And I think it's so easy as Christians to be like, well, I would, I want to trust Jesus with my eternity. I definitely want to trust him with some of these other areas. But when it comes to our sexuality, when it comes to decisions we make for our relationships, I think a lot of times we hold on to those tightly and we just don't trust God with those. And we want to hold those for ourselves, thinking that we know better and thinking that, you know what, God doesn't have what's best in mind for me. I'm going to have to make the call in this area. And I think that obviously that leads to a lot of problems. (laughs) We're just not willing to surrender this part of our life. Uh, and I think that's really hard. And maybe some of you out there, maybe like me, when I was growing up, I didn't want to surrender that part of my life. I wanted to have control. I wanted to be the captain of my own ship, right? I wanted to be the master of my own fate. Well, the problem with that is it led to a lot of broken relationships, it, it, literally a train wreck of relationships. And it wasn't until I hit bottom and realized, wait a minute, doing it my way has not, has not been the better way. Yeah, It's led to not freedom, you know, it's led to chains and bondage and it's led to brokenness and heartache. And so when I came to the end of myself was the opportunity for God to begin and to relinquish control of these areas and go, you are the Lord of my life and not just, you know, a part of my life. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a hard part of, of growing as a Christian, but a necessary one and a liberating one. Yes. To finally be able to say, I surrender all to you, Jesus. All to you, I freely give. Yep. And it also echoes kind of what we talked about last week, um, this idea that it's also an acknowledgement of what God designs, Mm -hmm. he gets to define. That's right. So he did create marriage, and he did speak very specifically about what marriage is to look like. Yep. And that is the umbrella under which, you know, we find our... um, our decision-making for how, whether we live together or we don't, we want to submit to what God has said about marriage. That's right. Right? And so um, our yeah. last our And last here's a little thing. interesting side I'm note sorry. before we move to the last thing. Okay. When it comes to lordship, many people might not know this. I found this fascinating. I think it ties right in. Um, the Crusades. Okay? I know that's a little bit of a black eye to Christianity. It's not like our highlight moment. Right. <laughs> But these crusaders, before they went on their crusade, they were baptized by a priest. And what would happen is the priest would lower them in the water, and the soldier, this crusader, would keep his hand grasped to his sword out of the water, as if saying, all of me belongs to the Lord, except for what I hold up out of this water, because what I'm going to do with this sword is my business. Interesting. Right? Yeah. And I think as Christians... 
figuratively speaking, yeah. we get baptized, but we hold up out of the water sexuality and what I do in my relationships. Like, God, you can have everything. I just don't want you to have this part of my life. Hmm. And I can tell you, honestly, that was my life in my teen years and some into my 20s as well. Until we realize, like, wait a minute. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Mm-hmm. And so we got to be willing to surrender it all to him. Yeah. And for many of you out there listening, I'm telling you, it's a liberating thing to give it into the hands of Jesus. Let him have control of that area of your life. And I promise you, you will be blessed. And it will not lead to regret, but blessing Absolutely. in your life. Absolutely. And so the last reason that maybe um, we have found lots of couples are living together yeah. is that many of them are simply ignorant yeah. of what the Bible says. Right. So sometimes it's it's actually it's sweet to watch them be confronted with the truth in a gentle way. Yeah. And for that to really just take root for the first time right. regarding this topic and yeah. for them to realize, wait a minute. God has something to say about this. Like mm-hmm. we just did this because this is what we thought you do, and this is what everyone around us does, and nobody ever really confronted us about it. Yeah, and that's that is happening more and more. I think it points to maybe some failures in in parenting and in maybe um, our Christian right. culture of yeah. not speaking up on right. this issue. Right. But it has given us a whole generation of kids who, frankly, do not know there's anything wrong with it. That's right. And so we have great compassion for all of these reasons. Oh, absolutely. Every single one. Yeah. Um, But let's talk about what the Bible does say. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, well, Jesus never addresses living together before marriage. Well, he does. (laughs) There's a really incredible story. It's in John chapter four. This is where Jesus is traveling through Samaria. And it says that he had to go through Samaria because he had a divine appointment. And the person he had a divine appointment with was the woman at the well. Samaritan, and the reason she's at the well, the hottest part of the day, is because she's kind of a social pariah. And the reason she's a social pariah is what eventually Jesus is able to reveal and kind of get out of her, right? They had this really cool conversation around like the water and Jesus saying, hey, I can give you this living water. And she's like, well, where do I get that? And eventually that conversation turns into, okay, um, I need for you to go call your husband. Jesus is going to get real about her situation and the reality of where she's at, because he loves her. And she's like, well, um, I have no husband. And Jesus is like, you're right. Uh, You've had five husbands, and the one you're currently living with is not your husband. And so what is he saying? This person that you're currently living with is not your husband. So I think he very much addresses living together before marriage. And obviously he brings to light some darkness in this woman's life, not to shame her, right? But to be able to expose for her, here's the reason why you're separated from me. But I'm not going to leave you in that place because I love you. And I want you to know the truth because the truth is what's going to set you free. Not just feeling better about yourself, but the truth of what is happening in your life and what's broken about it. And how Christ obviously is going to be the cure and what he would do at the cross for her and for everyone else who would trust in him. And so I think he definitely addresses cohabitation there in John 4 and does it in a very loving 
in gracious manner, but in truth, because it's the truth that people really need. Absolutely. Um, we also find in Acts fifteen twenty that the Apostle James instructs new believers to abstain from sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Um, in Hebrews, Hebrews thirteen four, yeah, we find that the author there um, states that marriage must be honored among all, and a person's sexual life should be kept pure. That's right. That that marriage should be held in honor in the sight of all people. That's that's really important. People living together before marriage, that's not honoring marriage in the sight of people. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. And so it's a witness, it's a witness witness issue. Yeah. As well as it is the things that we've already talked about. Um and so yeah, I think scripture as we've we've listed definitely is the basis for all that we're saying. I mean, we're thankful that the world is backing up this, but I think the encouragement to couples don't make a decision based on an article from the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Make the decision based on the Word of God yes. and a conviction from the Holy Spirit. Yes. Don't do it for any other reason. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just going to be, it's going to be like, well, why are we doing this? And this gets down to the why. Yep. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, if we, we also want to maybe define the biblical picture of marriage, mm-hmm. right? Which stands apart from what living together right. represents. And so right. that would, the, the picture of marriage is this formal commitment and covenant, right? That results in a man and a woman becoming one family mm. that can only be separated by death. That's right. Um, and there is a very public act mm-hmm. at a wedding ceremony mm-hmm. in which you are leaving your family, yeah. the bride and the groom. Yeah. To become one flesh. That's right. Which does involve sex, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that... And praise we, God within marriage. <laughs> <laughs> praise God, that's right. Um, and that sex, though, that part of that relationship, that intimacy, is intended to be enjoyed only within the marriage covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is interesting in an, from an Old Testament perspective. Scripture speaks out against sex outside of marriage 93 times. Wow. So God doesn't leave any doubt. No. Uh, he doesn't leave any gray area No. Uh, on this. And I think um, it's really important that we understand that God has clearly spoken. Mm-hmm. And to be able to share that with others, right? Yeah. Uh, again, the most loving thing you can do for somebody is to tell them the truth. Yeah. But do it. In a loving way. <laughs> Do it in a loving way. And I think this is also a word for the, for the church. If you can be, if you can help, mm-hmm. help. Yeah. If there's a couple that, you know, maybe you're able to share this with them and, or you know of a, a friend and, and, you know, their children are in this position, how we should, as the church, be willing to step in and say, I can help you. I've got an apartment you can you can have for mm-hmm. six months. We've mm-hmm. got an extra bedroom. You know, how can we make this work? How yeah. can we help you honor the Lord here? Yeah. Because we do want your marriage to last. Yeah. And we want your marriage to be godly. We want it to be a public witness, what you just said. That's right. And not only your marriage, but your whole relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, that part excites me a little bit about, especially having this opportunity emerge. Um, I, I just think there are so many people who just fully don't understand this issue. Yeah. 
from a biblical perspective right? and maybe have lots of reasons why it seems okay or, mm-hmm. you know, they try to say, but this is, it's not hurting anybody. Yeah. Well, it's not totally hurting your future marriage. That's right. For sure. And, yeah. and each other. Yeah. But um, we have an opportunity as the church not to be critical and, mm-hmm. and condemn. Yeah. But to lovingly come an, a, alongside, totally. right, with the truth, but just like Jesus, full of grace and full of truth, mm-hmm. to offer that help. Yeah. What can we do to help you stay pure? Yeah. What can we do to help you honor God? Yeah. What can we do to help you begin your marriage on the right foot? That's right. You will never regret doing anything never. to honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be a regret there. Mm-hmm. But you you really risk a whole lot of regret That's for right. a whole lot of your life yeah. by choosing self over submitting to Christ as Lord. That's right. Yeah, Proverbs 13, 13 says, if you neglect the word of God, you're going to be indebted to it. Mm-hmm. But if you're obedient to it, there's great reward. And so I think if you put the biblical principles into practice and you preserve for yourself purity in your relationship now and make the hard call and, and it flies in the face of everything to this world and everything that your feelings are telling you, but if you make that hard call, I'm telling you, on the other side is such a blessing and you'll be doing such a service, such a great service for your future marriage. Absolutely. Because you'll be creating something that is so stable and secure and will last a lifetime. Based on everything I've seen with all the counseling I've done, I can tell you without a doubt, don't have sex before marriage, don't live together before marriage. Yep. Because in doing so, not because we're trying to take something from you. No. And try to keep something from you. No. It's all about trying to protect something for you. Yes. And enable you and allow you to experience the joy and blessing of a marriage that before God's eyes, you've done something that's pleasing in his sight. And he will reward that. And he'll give you a stable marriage that will be such an incredible witness to this world. Yeah, and let's let's just, as we wrap up, let's flesh it out even in our thoughts. You know, prioritizing a godly marriage Mm -hmm. creates a godly home, Mm -hmm. which produces a stable foundation for a family. That's right. Stable families produce stable communities. Mm -hmm. Stable communities produce a stable world, Mm -hmm. nation and world. And you wonder where the breakdown of society begins. And you you can see where the enemy is attacking. Yeah. Trace it right down to the home and to relationships. Yeah. So it is a big deal. It is a big deal. Marriage matters and the decisions you're making leading up to marriage will matter a whole lot. Well, we should probably wrap up here. Yeah. We could go on and on about we this could. topic, but we're we feel passionate about it. We do. <laughs> we feel excited and thrilled that we get to be in this um, this part of ministry yeah. and, and this battleground right. really for the family. Yeah. And just a reminder to those of you that maybe have messed up in this area, there is forgiveness and there is grace and there is mercy. Mm-hmm. And I want to let you know we're celebrating Easter. If the tomb is empty, and it is because our God is alive, it is possible to have your past redefined by mm-hmm. a God who says, I love you, and I died for you to rescue you from your sins, so you no longer have to be defined by that past, but by who I am and who I say you are. Yeah. 
And so just be encouraged by that. Yep. And that you absolutely today can chart a brand new course yep. and make decisions to follow the Lord, of which I promise you, you'll never regret. And if you need help to do it, mm-hmm. you reach out to us. If you're if you are local to Grace and you need help, you reach out to us. If you are listening from afar, reach out to your church community. We can't do these things sometimes in life alone, right? No, we, we need, need each, other. each other. Yep, but this is what the church is for. This is what the body of Christ is to do. That's right. So don't stay stuck because you think you have no out. Right. You do. The you Lord do. will make a way for you to obey. Uh-huh. Well, it rhymed. <laughs> when there seems to be no way, God makes a way. We're going to break into song. No, we just are. Kidding. Not, not tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why don't you pray, pray. And, and end us here? All right. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for um, your truth that is ever true, that can change me and change those who are listening. It has changed me by the power of God. Um, and I thank you that the gospel is a power to transform a life uh, and make something brand new. Thank you that you're God who can take the ashes of our life and make something beautiful. That as we see with Easter, (laughs) you took a grave and made it into a garden. Mm -hmm. Thank you that you bring forth life, even from the dead. And you can do that with our lives and with our relationships when we turn ourselves over and surrender to God. Thank you for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening, friends, and we will see you next time. And there we have another episode of the Family Huddle podcast. Uh, I know that Travis and Stephanie mentioned it multiple times throughout this episode as they talked about um, this topic of cohabitation, but just wanted to make sure I restated and reiterated that we are here for you. So depending on where you find yourself with this, if you have more questions about this, topic. If you have a friend, family member, uh, whoever it is, feel free to pass along this episode. Reach out to us. Uh, If you find yourself um, feeling like you're struggling, convicted, working through some stuff based on hearing this or other conversations you've maybe had, please feel free to reach out to our team. We would love to hear from you and walk alongside of you wherever you're at in this. And again, if you feel like you're someone who's on the outside and watching someone else make decisions that maybe you don't feel like you fully agree with and just need someone to talk through, spend some time in prayer. Again, reach out, uh, send us a message, comment on a post, uh, feel free to email us, um, head to grace.church to find email information or head to Instagram or Facebook. You'll find us Grace Church Family Ministries. We are, we are here for you. So again, hopefully you are always challenged and encouraged and can see how what the Bible says and what God has to say practically touches down in your life. Hopefully it's impacting your decisions, your conversations, your attitudes. But again, our hope is not to just say things and state things and leave you there. So our goal is to be here for you and to walk alongside with you, whatever's happening in your life and home. So we hope that we can be that for you. And again, as I mentioned, feel free to pass on this episode Um, If you feel like you know someone who you'd like to have that conversation with them or would like to hear their thoughts. Also, if you have the time, if you haven't already, subscribe to our new episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And then there's all the things that you can do to help with the algorithms and various aspects of making a podcast searchable and findable. So leaving a review, yeah, favoriting things, 
subscribing to episodes so when new episodes come out you get our notifications um and then again yeah following us and finding us on social media helps too so thank you again for your time we don't take it lightly we appreciate that you're here and we will see you soon Thank you.